Hey guys, this is just a small insertion about our Patreon platform where you can subscribe for the monthly membership and give us some donations. We are a non-commercial project, but we did invest in some of the equipment and the subscriptions for the editing and hosting our podcast. So if you loved what we've been doing so far and if you would like us to continue, consider some donations. Alright guys, this is it. This is our final episode of the first season and who knows, it might be the last or there might be many more to come. We don't know that yet, but Expert Dispatch is made it to the 15th episode and here with me Tina and Dmitri. Hey guys, today we have a full squad. I am actually so emotional now that you say it's our final episode. Yeah, and uh, also maybe for our uh, listeners who've been following us all the time, uh, Tina has been absent for some time. We've been doing it with Dmitry alone and now for us it's also very interesting to chat with each other because we started this podcast, I think the idea came from Tina originally in the beginning of April this year and our initial name for the podcast was How to Make it in an L. And we had a different design and the whole idea was also different. We will talk about this later and slowly defining our way, our ideas. And we ended up yeah, with a bunch of interesting guests. Most of them were friends or friends of friends. And yeah, let's just talk how it all evolved, how our lives changed in this time. Thanks so much for the intro. And yeah, I remember I came up with this idea by sending an, a short audio to Sergey, telling him, hey, we should start the podcast and recap on how the graduates of our university, IHS department is doing. And just let's maybe gather a bunch of nice stories, like how everyone made it after the university and so on. And initially, I was more interested in, you know, successful stories. Like if someone has opened their own startup or if someone is doing super nice in their corporate job. But eventually, Sergey and Dima, they helped me out of this capitalistic bullshit by, you know, showing me the new perspective, by showing how sometimes it's just a story of community building, being mm-hmm. friends, social network and so on. And also it's quite funny that our initial idea of a success in the Netherlands was coming from three people who were unemployed. Well, I had an internship. Yeah, I, mean, I also had a site hustle. So, so Sergey was the only one who was oh, unemployed. Oh yeah, let's, let's emphasize that. that <laughs> No matter how you think you were successful, if you would not find a job, Dmitry, you would leave the country, so as me. Anyway, we were in a very active search for yeah, our future, not only career, but kind of life path. And we still are. It's not like we <laughs> finally found any, everything, but now we have full-time jobs. And also we are changing places. So Tina was uh, residing in Leiden, me and Dmitry in Rotterdam. We are still are in Rotterdam, but quite soon Dmitry is planning to move to The Hague. I am planning to move somewhere out of Randstad, somewhere to the east of the Netherlands. I don't know where yet, because my job is there. But yeah, we'll see how this all evolving in the future. Oh, and Tina is now in Amsterdam. She's the coolest one. I'm pretty sure that you will find the benefits of living in smaller town, closer to 
Germany and Belgium, cycling roads, maybe better housing options and so on. Belgium is a bit far from there, but yeah. Yeah, uh, but when did we start our podcast back so in our, April? So in April we recorded our pilot and we published our first two episodes in the beginning of June. And I actually remember the date, it was the 4th of June. And yeah, like we had a lot of passion, at least I'm speaking on my behalf. I remember how I was actually willing to do that, how we were every week, every few days discussing new ideas, new guests. With time, yeah, it was not maybe that active, but we still continue to do that. And yeah, I feel proud for all of us that we we were able to finish this project. And at least for me, it helped even with finding a job in some way, because I mentioned it on my job interview and actually my current boss, my future employer was kind of impressed a little bit. We can talk about all of it later, how all of us found our jobs. But yeah, let's start with your guys' opinions. What do you think about our season? Well, I personally enjoyed uh, this gig that we had in the last uh, six months. I think it was very useful experience for me personally and in general i think we managed to talk to a lot of interesting guests hear their stories their perspectives and yeah i'm pretty satisfied with how it went and hopefully in the future we will have a second season maybe with a slightly different concept but for now i think it's good to wrap up on this positive note <laughs> why you sound not that enthusiastic <laughs> i am enthusiastic today i think we'll talk about our lives in this six months how we progressed evolved, evolved. yeah from recent graduates to like corporate to... or startup uh, bros and sisters let's not label ourselves but <laughs> if you really want to feel free to do it yeah, Tina, if you want to share, like, and be honest, I mean, with our guests also, because maybe some can think that me and Mitya just took over the power and just, like, excluded you and the two Russians being very authoritarian. And That's uh, just what, what you guys do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure, for sure. I cannot help it. We, I mean, we just, we just like to hold the power in our hands. But apart from that, yeah, I mean, actually, as I already mentioned, Tina's idea was more about career and about success. And for me, I guess I'm only speaking on my behalf. I didn't see sincerity in that. So I'm not that big of a fan of the career stuff because it involves hypocritical, yeah, just something which is not very sincere. And I was more interested in speaking with people about their life stories because some of them had a quite long journey of coming to the Netherlands. Some of them are still defining the way in the Netherlands and that's very interesting who will stay in the end. Mm. And because with the corporate stuff, I didn't think that we can talk that much. Even though I still kind of think that the opportunity of talking to people from different industries is pretty cool. But for that, we need to all again redefine our format if we will do the second season. Right, right. Mm. Well, Sergey is being super polite about it. But in fact, me and Sergey, we had like real beef around what kind of uh, content we're going to post, who we're going to invite, what kind of guests. I, I even remember this one time when I... <laughs> what? When I recorded half an hour audio in Telegram saying my honest opinion on certain content and so on. And then we haven't spoken for at least 24 hours and then we came back and I apologized. And then we just continued working and I actually agreed with my colleagues on their ideas because it was valid. Yeah. 
Yeah, thanks for being honest. I don't recall the half an audio, <laughs> audio, but yeah, there were some arguments about that, but it was not like that. We were really on the different pages. I guess maybe I was just maybe pushing a bit more in terms of that. I was more responsible, feel more responsible. Not that I'm like the most responsible, it's just about the sense of responsibility. And he is the eldest boy in our pocket. I'm the eldest boy. <laughs> uh, succession is literally, I think was mentioned three times and this podcast I hope some people also watch it but yeah I mean I'm just saying that even after this kind of conflict but it was not that bad we continued to do our podcast together but then Tina had some changes in her life she was the first one to found the proper job and after that no she... I was the first you were the first mm-hmm. you were the first but you had some time to prepare but Tina found it and she was the first to start it and she was moving to Amsterdam in August yeah so yeah. Tina started first and for the first month or two she was busy with stuff so yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I moved to Amsterdam just recently and it was so hectic, to be honest. Like, housing crisis is real, guys. But luckily, I found a nice apartment in the area that I was uh, looking at, that I was targeting. Exactly. It's so overpriced for no fucking reason. It's a good, Uh, good neighborhood. It's a nice neighborhood. It's so vibrant and energetic and so on. But, well, I would prefer to be a little bit peaceful sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially in the evening. But otherwise, it's great. Yeah, so, and then... That's why I kind of behaved like an absent parent in a dysfunctional household. And so sorry about that, guys. I, I'm so happy. We missed you, mom. <laughs> I'm so happy you kept going without me. Okay. Why dysfunctional? <laughs> uh, because, you know, the eldest boy and I, we have uh, beef from time to time in this household. And Dima witnesses it, you know. Doesn't yeah, remind I'm you of her. traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jimmy. Uh, so sorry about it. No, I mean, since we are recording now, and even even though Tina already showed me middle finger and was a little bit passive-aggressive, but please, uh, I'm sure we're on a good note. <laughs> it's just our Eastern European sense of humor, I guess. I, do you consider yourself Eastern European or are you more Asian? I'm both. I, I'm like uh, Eastern European and Central Asian, and Dutch sometimes. Mm. Oh, yeah, ho. So you are just international. No, no. I don't know. I oh, don't know uh, sp- speaking of which, actually, about interna- in, like international aspects, I, I think that with majority of our guests, I already have spoken before. But like diving in deep, deep into their story lives, also understanding their context, their views, I think it helped me to yeah become more international in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my identity is also shifted in some way. So that podcast, that podcast, that's this season was also some kind of a personal evolvement for me. Why? In what way? I guess it it works for all of us. We all consider our experience as kind of unique. I mean, just I guess how human psyche works. We just think that yeah, we did such a long journey, moved to a new country, but then you realize that actually there are so many people who had different circumstances. But some of the stories were much harder. For some, it was easier. I think in the this migration or how it is very cool nowadays to call it relocation, there is really a lack of community. And yeah, just like realization that there are many people around you with whom you can share some experiences and just views on life. And for me, I thought that this was one of our main aims in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I see. And Dima, if you could tell us if... Anything in your identity changed during this time, the graduation till 
today. He became even more finance bro. No, I wouldn't say there is a change in my identity. I cannot really see that because I lived in this international environment for the past six years. And I think by the time we started recording the podcast, I was already quite certain in my identity. Yeah, of course, with my new job, I'm now even more into this industry that I'm working right now. And I guess that's the main change. So I just follow more and more and read about all the aspects that relate to my field and industry. And I maybe don't pay attention that much to things I used to like uh, before I started the job. Yeah, by the way, we already mentioned a few times our jobs. So maybe Dmitry, just straight away tell us about <coughs> your job, your function, mm-hmm. your industry. Yeah, so as you guys already know, we've mentioned it a couple of times, I work as a risk management analyst at FMO. It's a development bank in The Hague that's owned by the Dutch government. Is it true government. that you kill uh, your competitors? Or? No, no, we don't do that. It's a very ethical organization. We adhere to our policies and standards <laughs> and we report to the central bank and we report to the Dutch government and we're really accountable for our actions. So Sounds super serious. Yeah, there's a very professional response. I was yeah. just teasing you. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just read this uh, review on Google Maps. Um, but yeah, probably it was all lies. Yes, mm. for sure. But yeah, like you started in September, so it's been one month and a half precisely. Exactly. Um, I've been to your office once and it's it's gorgeous. It, it seems like you guys have a lot of money to spend. Yeah, like you have free soda machines. <laughs> like wow. <those> machines. <laughs> you have absolutely splendid lunch for four euros with the whole course meal. It's a very good environment. But in terms of the job functions, how do you like it so far? <clears throat> how do you see yourself like in the nearest future? Well, I like my job and my position a lot first of all of course the company is super super good they do a lot for the well-being of their employees they really invest in talents and talent development they try to retain and attract people to work for them and the organization itself in my opinion does very interesting things it really focuses on making a positive impact in the world and the developing countries by providing what is essential is finance to projects that uplift standards of living in those countries and i think it's super important to do and my position itself i also really like it i think it's a perfect entry level position over time it will help me to progress even further in the organization all in all i'm super satisfied with that and looking forward to going to the office tomorrow at yeah and work the full day you're like a perfect yeah employee uh, employer yeah i've heard you are also moving to the hague Mm -hmm. to be closer to the office i guess yeah i'm looking for a place in the hague i'm in a process with an agent so just decided not to do it myself because it's super time consuming really need to spend time searching applying and then going for viewings and with my busy schedule with meetings i cannot really go to viewing myself that's the corporate world right you just guys uh, outsource everything you can because yeah i mean well it's called optimization optimization, of resources Uh i'd like to hear your story sergey like your entire journey from us being relatively unemployed in the beginning of uh, april 
till today where <laughs> we already landed some sort of job yeah like your uh, clarifications so yeah guys i was actually being busy with the podcast i also started my internship i think sometime in july it was a remote one i did the data analytics for habitatum the us-based kind of small company but they collaborate the work on a joint project with mastercard and i was actually as part of this project I was analyzing the comprehensive comprehensive data set with a methodology of the inclusive growth rate uh, score in the UK. And uh, yeah, in the end up, I just wrote a report with the main findings and I received a positive feedback. I'm happy. I think it also helped me to further progress in my career and just my skill set. And while doing that, in the beginning of August, I was invited to the second interview for the company I applied. I applied with my left hand in a way that I didn't really go into the details, I just saw it and at that time I was just applying to a bunch of stuff. And I passed successfully the first online interview with some team members and then their boss was on holiday and while I was on holiday he just invited me for the second interview. So I came back and traveled to Hangelo, which is really far away from Rotterdam. And I came there kind of interviewing for the internship and I was talking directly for two hours with the founder and the director of this company. Yeah, we had a really good conversation and he was actually interested in my experience and my skill set and my kind of personality. And I guess he realized also like considering my situation with a uh, visa expiration, we were just discussing is it better to uh, start as an intern and then yeah, just uh, transfer to the full-time employer or start straight away with a contract and after a week he sent me a contract and I was satisfied with the terms of it and I guess like in one week I started my job in September so it it happened pretty quick and after a year of search and I would say a year of search and maybe half a year of the active search it was really yeah like blessing these guys I mean now I can see but it was a relief for me and yeah, I started working there and now I'm a consultant working in the sustainable innovations sector, as to say. There are three full-time workers in our company, including the boss, <laughs> but we have a, a network of uh, freelancers, of technical experts. So all in all, there are around 10 people working. So far, I've been involved in two projects. Uh, it's a European project and uh, one is the joint project uh, sponsored by Interreg. It's a European Devel- Regional Development Fund uh, for the Dutch and uh, German SMEs. And the second one is InnoPlastic. The leading partner is in Norway and we help to coordinate. We are responsible for some working packages. It's like a lot of technicalities. And for sure, also like for me, it was not a really proper onboarding at first. So I needed to just like, you know, on the go, understand what to do and still figuring it out. But I like it and that's who I am. Very detailed story. I've actually witnessed Sergei struggling with landing the, the job in the Netherlands and it took him almost one year exactly, right? Yeah, around that. And I was so happy when he finally told us, told me and Dmitri about his job in Hengelo. That was such a big relief for all of us. I just really wanted all of us to stay in the Netherlands. Otherwise, it would be kind of weird that we are recording a podcast about life in the Netherlands and then like in the final episode, oh guys, by the way, we are leaving. Not not exactly weird, but it would be sad and heartbreaking to split apart, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Tina, please tell us about your journey. Yeah, just tell us how did you land this job? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you do now? What are your functions? Maybe tell a little bit about your industry in general. So I've been also on this job hunt for quite a while. Uh, 
in the beginning of April when we all started this podcast, I've already had my uh, side hustle, like a side gig, but it wasn't based in the Netherlands and my goal was to stay in this country. So I was looking for a permanent position. And yeah, it took me, starting from April, it was like around three or four months. In June, I already was in the process of the interview. They contacted me in early June and by early July, I've already had my offer signed and background checked Mm -hmm. and everything. So it it was super fast. It was like one month or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I've mentioned that, okay, in July, I cannot really start because I had my intensive Dutch course. I really wanted to complete it. How was it done? It it went well. I actually have A2 level of uh, Dutch and I speak and be in Netherlands Oak. Anyway, I started in early August and I joined a major ESG risk rating company based in Amsterdam as a risk rating analyst, specifically in real estate and asset management. I'm so sorry, but I just remembered a really important thing. Dimitri, when are you going to do the tattoo of ESG? (laughs) I remember you were telling me that, that you love ESG so much. No, I didn't mean it in a literal sense. But you love ESG, right? Well, I like um, ESG. I think it's helpful. Yeah, Not to to focus uh, only on shareholders' value, but also... Focusing yeah, blah, blah, on uh, blah, blah. Okay. other stakeholders. <laughs> oh my god, he's giving us the Ch- ChatGPT answers. Oh, he actually, yeah, Dmitri, I think, like sometimes, I mean, Dmitri is my best friend, but sometimes I really question myself is he real or is he just. Uh, We're living in artificial uh, intelligence. Or is he, yeah, like literally a very progressive version of artificial intelligence in, in human I'm beings? A, I'm a pilot, pilot version. No. Uh huh, yeah, all right. Anyway, so as, as usual, I'm being interrupted because I'm a POC woman in this podcast. But That's anyway. why exactly. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I was just saying, so I landed this job and it catalyzed my relocation to Amsterdam. So I moved to Amsterdam and I, I was absent from this podcast for which I'm not really sorry, but sorry. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, I'm now working. Ladies and gentlemen, Tina. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm planning to stay in, in this industry. Probably not exactly ESG research, but maybe like sustainability reporting and stuff like that. Can you maybe tell us a few words about the ESG industry now in the Netherlands in general, like what's going on? Because we just chatted for for a little bit since we kind of, all of us were looking for jobs there in some way or another. And now it seems like it is, the bubble is close to burst. Burst. So we were just talking about like ESG industry in general, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm not sure if the bubble is collapsing at this point. I'm not that informed. I cannot see the bigger picture at this level. But what I'm hearing is that there are a lot of companies who are being skeptical about like ESG analysis, ESG research, and how is it actually important and stuff like that. But skepticism will always be present. The main problem is all these different ESG providers, they have their own methodologies. And if you look at the correlations between their ratings, they're not very strongly correlated. So the correlation is super marginal. And that's why it doesn't make any sense if one company is rated good by one provider and the the same company is rated different by another Mm -hmm. provider. There is no point in these ratings at all. And that's why right now there is a push from IFRS board to converge this methodologies and standards and from the government, especially in the EU, they're all trying to put the same frameworks and standardized approaches so that everyone has the same understanding of what sustainability means. And that's why 
all these companies, they are on hiring freeze because they cannot really mm-hmm. inflate this bubble anymore by just uh, coming up with new terms and new yeah. methodologies by themselves. That's a very interesting observation. And because I guess with this kind of rankings, we already talked about it, uh, that in finance industry that you have some rankings which are, I mean, maybe not 100% objective, but they standardized and they can be compared between each other from different think tanks. Kind of the same goes to the even the indexes of the democratic freedoms. Yeah, we understand how it is measured, but with ESG, it is uh, still in the early process and so many new regulations arise. And yeah, I guess it will change in the future and also I don't know that much, but sometimes, uh, like, you know, there is some feeling to that, that ESG can be related to the greenwashing because companies that are not as sustainable, they're just interested in presenting them as such. Yeah, and the yeah. yeah, that's the yeah. biggest problem with ESG is that big companies, they can invest more and present themselves as more sustainable than they actually are, even though they're polluting in absolute terms, way more than other companies who don't have the resources to put in place these strategies, ESG yeah. reports, and they get their good rankings from like providers, but they're not sustainable. That's it's why just... it's important to work with uh, like real stuff, as you know, some engineering, some uh, innovative technologies that uh, can help to save our planet. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you guys in terms of this past six months or maybe like entire period of us graduating from the university how has it been how are you assimilating in the culture do you guys speak dutch what are the plans well i like it a lot to be honest i have a I have a lot of friends here have like stable Not that many job dutch, Yeah, I have a few Dutch friends now, even though my Dutch is not good. So I've been there for two years and I cannot speak Dutch, maybe only basic limited vocabulary. But I'm hopeful that I will find some motivation to start learning Dutch, maybe go to some courses, take some lessons. Yeah, that's my plan because I'm planning on staying here for the foreseeable future, at least for four or five years. And think it's important uh, to learn the language in the country you're in it's just for now there's something on the way that prevents me from actually dedicating time and start learning it like seriously mm. yeah, but apart from that i would say i'm pretty good integrated into dutch society i try to understand what's going on in the country what are the challenges what are the implications what's the Uh, politics uh, here and just the main culture aspects uh yeah trying to learn this stuff and be aware of what's going on around me not exist in this international bubble like a lot of experts are that unaware especially those who live in amsterdam who think that amsterdam is basically the netherlands and they don't know anything outside of it what mm-hmm. do you have against amsterdamers please anyway sergey tell us How has it been so far for you? How are you assimilated, not assimilated? Do you want to stay? Is going back to your home country an option? Yeah, start, starting from the last part, no, it's not an option. And it has never has been uh, since the start of the war. And yeah, my principal position is that while like Putin's regime is in place and the war is still ongoing, I'm not coming back voluntarily. And yeah, what what is coming next, I have no idea, but not only because I'm escaping from Russia, but also because it was my deliberate choice 
to come here, in particular in the Netherlands, in the first place, two years ago. I've been here a couple of times before. I like this country. But of course, I had no idea how it really is because, you know, being a tourist is <laughs> nothing comparing to living here for two years. And uh, yeah, this journey was with a lot of turbulence. There were some moments when, a lot of moments when I really doubted my choices. I had no clear picture of my future. And it's not that I now am seeing all, everything being bright. Actually, I'm now seeing that the weather is, yeah, becoming the proper Dutch winter weather for the next half a year. So it's going to be not so gezellig. <laughs> but yeah, I've been trying to learn Dutch for the for the last half a year oh not half a year actually a year i've been taking some classes but with a russian teacher online i wasn't putting that much effort in that i just wanted to have a better opportunity to understand stuff to just read something to listen to someone but still maybe i have a long road ahead of me and i just two days ago up uh filled the form for the dutch courses yeah from my company and i am planning to, to improve my dutch to learn it and maybe in a year or two be able to use it on, in everyday life. In terms of yeah, integration, I guess it's uh, really important to emphasize that in Randstad, I mean, in the big cities in Randstad, it's not like, it's very hard to integrate to a certain extent. I mean, unless you have like maybe a Dutch partner or like you work in the entire Dutch environment. Yeah, I mean, I guess in Dmitri's there are also so many internationals at the FMO, so, and it works with the international uh, market. So yeah, it's a big difference, especially with this region where I'm now work and uh, Randstad. And uh, yeah, I don't know how it will go after I move and where exactly I will move, we'll see. But I guess after I kind of will be uh, in a more secure position with a new place, with uh, yeah, some like high level of security of life, even though we just agreed before the podcast that all of us cannot feel unsecured unless we have a European passport. Because yeah, when our work visas end, we just may be yeah, forced to leave the country. But in the end, I like being here. I really value the time that I spend here and I want to spend more time. I'm thankful to the things that opened my, broadened my horizon, learned me some stuff. I think I've done a lot of personal development and yeah, I'm not willing to stop. Just, uh, it's never ending journey. So Tina. What about you? First of all, thanks uh, for your exhaustive uh, answer. <laughs> exhaustive answer. <laughs> yes, it was very exhaustive as always, but we'll, we like it. You don't leave any details. Detail. That's, on we love that. Guy. We love that about you, Sergey. Yeah. Anyway, the question was, how am I, and if my identity was crumbling or like anything, anything like this? But no, it was a, a tough, you know, period of time for me as well. And as a real stoic person. I've never complained. Who's your favorite stock? Kendall Roy. <laughs> Dramatic one, but so cute. Anyway, I was just saying that, yeah, so I never complained. I actually complained a lot, but not, not, <laughs> but not to you guys. It, it, was, it was a tough period of time for me as well. I've worked a lot with my psychotherapist, which I have. And then obviously I relied on my social network. So it's been quite a hard journey for me. And at some point my identity started changing a little bit or adapting to the new reality. I actually, you know, mastered this rejection game, you know? Yeah, this is like, I guess this is the hardest thing in the Netherlands in situation when you're not coming straight with the relocation of your work. If you come in here to find a job and you're not a super high-skilled professional, you really will need to embrace the rejection. And in many cases, there won't be even rejection, there will be silence. 
Yeah. And this is hard. And I actually feel, yeah, we've mentioned on the side of the importance of community. But like with that, it's implied that this country is actually for the people coming outside. And if they're not coming with their loved ones, it's quite a lonely country because Dutch society has nothing against you. I mean, most of the people. <laughs> and yeah, like you do you. But it also implies that they don't really help you to integrate. So it's very like this individualistic society. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very hard to escape, especially uh, like people coming from different cultural contexts to escape the feeling of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, you need to embrace it. You need to find the ways to adapt. And I guess one of the most important skills you need to move anywhere, not only to the Netherlands, is to be able to adapt. Despite all this difficulties we still look optimistic into the future i think the three of us we're on the right path to whatever our goals are to achieve them over the coming years and seems like we're on the right track mm-hmm. yeah guys we had a very very interesting conversation i guess from different perspectives maybe add some final comments some final things about our common project expert dispatch I just wanted to thank you both for keep going and making this uh, project happen, regardless of any adversities we had in our personal and professional lives. So I have a lot of respect for you both, and I think you are so hardworking and disciplined <laughs> compared to me. And <laughs> and yeah, it's only the beginning. Yes, we already landed some sort of jobs and we graduated. There's no more integrity statements, checks, five minutes before the deadline. Thanks, God. And yeah, I'm so happy that we made it to this point and I'm pretty sure our future is as bright as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very kind words, Tina. Thank you. I also want to subscribe to these words and say thank you to you guys for, of course, involving me in the first place because it was your idea and I was kind of passive about it. I didn't really care if we go into the podcast or not. But in the end, I think it was a super positive experience for me, as I said. And I also want to thank our listeners who listened to our podcasts, who gave feedback. And yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was useful and interesting for you to listen to us. And yeah, stay tuned. Hopefully we will be back with the second season at some point. Yeah, guys, such nice words from you, and I agree with all of them. Yeah, I can only add from my side that we would like to hear from you more, maybe to understand your perception of our podcast, and you can directly reach to us, or you can leave some reviews on the podcast platforms that you listen our podcast on, give us the the honest ranking because we also need to understand what is the demand for us and where we can involved so maybe yeah you can mention what you like the most what you like the least and if you want us to continue we've been thinking that we would like to ask you to do donations on the patreon platform we will include this in the description So our project was always non-commercial and we never tried to reach the sponsors. And we don't ask you to pay for our time and our efforts because it was all voluntarily. Because we only had some uh, costs uh, covering the technical equipment, the editing um, subscriptions for some platforms and also the hosting platform for our podcast. If we want to stay it online in, on the internet, uh, we will need to continue uh, pay for the hosting platform. So. 
Yeah, guys, uh, we would really appreciate some of the financial help. Uh, it will just, uh, first of all, show us that uh, you liked what we've done and it, it might encourage us to continue. And yeah, just summing up, I never really thought that I would have a podcast, even though I had some ideas. And I'm thankful to Tina that she brought it up and mm -hmm. in some way inspired me. So she just maybe without knowing, she already mentioned something that I was thinking of. And I'm thankful to Dmitry, who maybe at first was not that enthusiastic, but he was always here. He was present on every episode. He helped us with all the editing. And yeah, I think in the end, we are a good team. We were able to adapt to the changing circumstances. And yeah, who knows what awaits us in the future. But let's not just be optimistic, because optimism is also like not a cure. Let's be realistic, but let's just value life and be grateful for what mm -hmm. we have and never stop going further thank you guys so much thank you for being our guests our listeners our subscribers we are super happy to finalize this season and hopefully there will be another season yeah. see you guys soon yeah thank you all bye bye